football podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Live in the Stream. Well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm J.J. Zacharyson, the late-round quarterback, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, how's it going, buddy? We're going to bring you the greatest streaming hits of Week 11, right after our sponsor's words. Something is, is, this like a, is this like a CD infomercial now? You're right. <laughs> Do you want the hottest streaming plays of Week 11? Just wait till after the break, and yeah. then you did just you, keep teasing it. You did you, teasing. Did There's you... one... There's one tight end that'll win you every league this week. Just wait on it. <laughs> oh, did you did you I, uh, did you watch Whose Line Is It Anyway back in the day? Yeah. Oh, I it, it, honestly, it's some of the most amazing television I've ever seen. Yeah. Oh, Whose Line is just anything. Anything improv is so good. Uh, and then what's his name? Imagine. There's a there's an improv new improv show on on Netflix that people should ch- check out with with. Uh, um, what's it called? What are their last names? It's a dude from Silicon Valley and the dude from Parks and Rec, uh, Jean Ralphio from Parks and Rec. Oh, I, really? Oh, I'm just a terrible, yeah. I'm terrible with, with like, like C-list celebrity names. So yeah. sorry. Guys. How, how can you be expected to remember 10,000 celebrity names? You know, right. it's the impossible. Only, the only one I know is Tom Everett Scott. That's the extent of it. Right. Right. Um, but anyway, so I, what I want to talk about to kick off today's show, I, I was, I was owned on the internet today. I don't know if you if you saw this or not, but um, someone had so I sent a tweet out last night during the Monday night game, uh, something that said something along the lines of "Don't let all this motion that Kyle Shanahan's throwing in his offense distract you from the fact that he's only won forty four percent of his games as a head coach in the NFL." Right, and so I said that as like a you know little little jab at Kyle Shanahan's win percentage. Not it was just a joke. It's just me having fun on Twitter. And obviously people took it way too seriously. And someone said that it was clickbait and they went on and on and on and on. And so I responded and I said, tell me you don't know what clickbait is without telling me you don't know what clickbait is. Right. Yes. What, what is what, clickbait? It's not click. You're not, no one's clicking on anything. You, you didn't put a link in there. It's the Zoomers. The Zoomers think that's clickbait. They don't understand what actual clickbait is because no. here's the thing. Zoomers weren't around when BuzzFeed was, was was BuzzFeed, right? Like like not what BuzzFeed is today, but what BuzzFeed yeah. was like seven years ago, right? Where where BuzzFeed just – there was no, no, no bigger clickbaity site in, on the planet than BuzzFeed. Even like a even like a Bleacher Report was like that back – like clickbait, yes. clickbait is still a thing. There's no doubt. It's more so now – uh, it's more about polarization and politics and stuff with, with clickbaity stuff. But back in the day, it was so rampant because it was so new and people didn't really understand that like, you know, clicks were, were what was important in terms of metrics to look at, uh, for ad revenue, et cetera, et cetera. And so people, I, I swear it's the zoomers who think that this is, this is clickbait. Like, like it having a tweet like that is clickbait. You're not trying to get anybody to click on it. it, it uh, only a headline can be clickbait because you're you're begging people, please, please come click on this. Like like the during the 2016 president presidential election, that was the the heyday of clickbait. Yeah, it, the clickbait is to get people to click an actual link because you're benefiting from it. Like, am I benefiting from a controversial take on Twitter? No. Sure, but do you think like to some degree? I'm saying like like to to any ounce of degree. Sure, in the grand scheme of things, no. Like, no, like there's no, like there, there's no economics. There's no changing of money or exchange of money and doing something like that. So no, st- like it's not clickbait. So I sent that message back to him and then he said, LMAO, you're like 40 something. I know what clickbait is. LOL. <laughs> you wanted to look smart and get retweets. Don't lie. Just pointing out why his record is SHIT. Don't want to say that because of the kids in case kids. you didn't care to look or remember what crap he was working with. Okay. So he's saying, he's saying, you know, it is clickbait, whatever, but the, 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 uh, you know, not to bury the lead here. I mean, he said that I was 40 something. Yeah. <laughs> I think that is the lead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He said, he said that I was 40 something. So then I sent a tweet out. I, first off, I quoted, quote tweeted and I was like, I don't think I've been owned like this in a really long time on, on Twitter. Like, and it was so subtle. It was such a subtle jab because yeah. the guy, because the guy clearly thought I was 40 something. 
Well, but, but also it was just this um, assumption, you know, like, right. like obviously you're 40 something. Right, right. Uh, I don't you, know what clickbait turn, is. You turned 30 15 minutes ago. You right. Know? Like you're, this is just out of control. And so I, I sent a, uh, a poll, a tweet that had a poll on it. And I said, how old do you think I am? And I had different buckets. It was like, you know, 25 to 31, 32 to 37, you know, 38, something like that. And then up to, and then it was 42 or over. And right now, I know some people were trolling with this. Don't I mean even my one of my buddies sent me a text and sent a screenshot of him voting for the forty-two plus. Uh, but Denny, I think right now over twenty percent of people have it at forty-two plus. I don't know if you could take that seriously. People are trying to get at you, Denny. Denny, people, people, and then no one... and then people are responding and saying I, the the funniest response was the first person who thought to tie East Coast dads and my brand to uh you know my twitter account saying anyone who talks about going to sleep early is clearly you know not young yeah. right which i it's funny it's funny to make that connection but i hope that people realize that the east coast dad stuff is clearly a bit you said that but i i kind of thought it was serious because we are seriously sleep deprived in the early part of the week okay okay it, it, it's serious <laughs> from that standpoint but it's not serious from the perspective of complaining about it Right. Like it's very serious that I want more sleep. Okay. That part is serious. Am I, am I so distraught over the lack of sleep over getting six hours instead of eight hours or something or five hours instead of eight hours or seven hours? Am I so distraught over that, that I would complain and B I T C H about it, you know, all day and be about it all day long, B word about it. Uh, you know, all day long on Twitter. No, I'm doing it because I want to, I want to rally the dads. Yeah, that, that's yeah. why I'm doing it. Yeah, and and, and we are, um, you know, oppressed by these late NFL games that go until midnight, one o'clock in the morning. It's uh, it's a it's a it's a civil rights issue in the end. I think. Yeah, the the irony to this is that um, high T football approaches actually help us dramatically. Yes, yes, you're right. Uh, because Shanahan establishes it like it's 1972 last night, and the game's over by 11. It was Thank amazing. God. It was an incredible performance by Kyle Shanahan for for East Coast dads everywhere. Um, but I just, I was, I, I wonder truthfully how old people think I am based on, not necessarily like my voice or anything, like not listening to my podcast, but reading my timeline and seeing my avatar, which I can understand. I think people see my avatar as being older than me than I actually am. Yeah. Do you you think my avatar looks, do you think that the cartoon looks old? I would guess you to be honestly. I mean, I'm trying to separate myself from, from actually knowing your age. I would say easily 30 something in that, in that picture. And like the other thing that I started to think about, and and look, I'm not, I, I, whenever this kind of stuff happens, I'm more so curious and more introspective than anything. Like I'm trying to like, (laughs) I'm really like, it's just fascinating to me. Do my tweets come across like I'm, I'm in my forties. Cause I feel like I'm, I'm like fairly like, I was going to say, I feel like I'm fairly hip, which is exactly what a a 45 year old would say. Hello, fellow kids. Yeah, hello right. young people yeah. you know yeah yeah no i i think you're you're fairly in in that category i, I do think that you you are a little bit of an old soul situation. this is true this is true um yes um you know you're <clears throat> like like you're not like posting like late on a weekend night about getting hammered or anything like you know that's, that, true. that's the, and and I, i'm not saying that that's the only way you can look young but it is one way you can look young. it's one, I'm just it's one way you, and i yeah i don't tweet about <laughs> nfts either if you want to if you right yeah that's right if you want to rebrand uh you get hammered on a saturday night and start posting at 1 a.m <laughs> yeah yeah man well the the one thing that i i kept going back to though i was like thinking to myself because at some point you know, as an analyst and as someone who's consumer facing like this, you're going to lose some allure with people. Like, have you ever, have you ever sat back and thought about like what your life is going to be like in this industry in 20 years? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm definitely not going to be doing this in 20 years, but yes, I, that's what what I'm saying. So like, like I want, I want to do this forever. I love doing this. Right. And so I sit here and I think to myself, what if I'm 55 and look, there's people in the industry that are that old. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not trying to like, this isn't like an, an ageist thing. I'm just thinking about me personally because people have associated me with a certain way or a certain, you know, like a, a certain way that I interact with them or interact with social media and interact with media. 
And what happens in 20 years when I'm 55 years old, you know, 53 years old, to be fair, I'm 33 guys. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, 40, right. I'm not 42 plus, but what does that all look like? And the fact that, you know, I've been, I've been fortunate enough to like grow my audience and have, you know, a, a great following and, and listenership and all that. And people think that I'm in my early forties. That's a, that's great. That makes me feel it really is. good. Right. Because it, it, when I'm actually right. in my early forties, then like these people, like then people are right. still going to be following me and not, and not, not care about that age. Does that make sense? It does. I see. So you, you, you got started at such an early age. I mean, we started doing this show when you were what? 20, 25, 20. Yeah. I mean, it would have been, yeah. I mean, probably like 25. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean that, you know, that's, that's on the young side. Um, it, it, as far as this goes. So yeah, I mean, 10 years, not 10, eight years later, you know, you're, you're not old, but you, you would seem to project old because it's, you couldn't possibly have started at 25. I guess that's the thinking. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's a, that's a good, because I've been around, right. I've been around a yeah. while. Yeah. yeah like I, I started at 30. So that, yeah. I think that's, that's more, I, you know, we have no data on this, but I would think None. that 30 is more of the more normal age to start trying to to do this. It's basically after a decade of of hating what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say that. It's after after you realize yeah. that your day job is just really obnoxious. I, I just happened to have that realization after a year and a half of working in the real world after I graduated college. Yeah, right. You you uh you moved on quickly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was it was bound to happen because I'm a very uh uh I'm not the not the most patient person in the world when it comes to that kind of stuff. Uh right. all right. So we we've talked about the age stuff. I think I think we can move on. Someone called me sixty the other day on the internet, so I I, I feel you. <laughs> Go ahead. All someone right, actually someone actually responded and said that that they often have to remind themselves that that you're older than me. What? Yeah, no. So get on me. No, that's yeah, it's so crushed, so crushed. Denny has like a <laughs> Denny has like a teenager, guys. I mean, come on. Oh my god! Maybe he's it's because all the cool music I like. He's at least he's at least as smart as one. To no, be fair. No, I definitely wouldn't say that. Uh, all right, let's move on to what happened this past week. Before we do that, Denny, what's going on over at the Edge? NBC Sports Edge. I have my kicker column up. We are streaming Randy Bullock in all formats this week. I also have three other waiver wire options. If that's your thing, um, I have my my target decoder column later this week. We have all sorts of stuff. I have a good football show with Pat Darty, which is available uh, in wherever you get your podcast. So check it out, NBCSportsEdge.com. Randy Bullock, the guy that we would be able to uh, beat in a, what was it, a wrestling cage match or something? Uh, I, well, I thought we were talking about a 40-yard dash. By the way, someone owned us hard and was like, Jimmy G is 6'4", 230. He would whoop your ass. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, he fight. would, of course. But I think that he might like want to protect his mouth a little bit. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, let's recap what happened this past week. We did not have Ben Roethlisberger because he was a late COVID positive case. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy B. Water had nine points. He was bad. Oh. Taylor Heineke. I actually grew with Heineke uh, or on Heineke as, as my top streamer. I talked about that on my start sit show um, on Sunday, which you guys can catch on Fandle's YouTube channel at noon Eastern. Heineke ended up being my top option, but he scored 15.7 points. Dan Arnold, 13.7. Our tight ends were actually pretty good. Dan Arnold, 13.7. Adam Troutman, 8.2. Gerald Everett, 14.3. Pat Fryermuth, uh, the Muth of the Luth, uh, he had uh, 6.1. Uh, Tyler Conklin, 16.1. Ricky Seals-Jones, a late ad, he had 6. And then on defense, uh, you know, the, the Raiders were our deep play, uh, our desperation play. They had minus 2. They were actually the worst defense uh, in football, which we knew could happen if, if the Chiefs, you know, uh, flipped the switch and turned it on. Uh, but the Eagles... 13 points and the Titans six points. So both of them were, I think top 12 options. And then the Raiders obviously weren't. Um, I, I do want to say on, on RSJ or as the kids call him, Ricky Seals Jones, he, um, he left in the first quarter. He scored six points in the first quarter and uh, hurt his hip. So he was on his way to a pretty big game, I think. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, Denny, let's move on to week. What week is it? 11, 11. I'm going to kick things off, actually. I'm going to kick okay. things off with who I think is the top quarterback streamer this week. Okay. It's Tua Tungavailoa. Yeah. I like him more than than the other guy I'm going to talk about, personally. Um, So, Tua, um, have you seen who Tua has actually faced this year? Like, have you looked I, at I, his opponents? 
I have well against against easy opponents, he's crushed. Yeah, right, exactly. So he's faced New England, Buffalo, Buffalo, and Baltimore this year, and then his mm. two other games were Jacksonville and Atlanta. In those two games against Jacksonville and Atlanta, twenty one point four fantasy points, twenty six point five fantasy points. Now he gets the Jets. The Jets are ninth, the ninth best opponent in adjusted points allowed. They're just bleeding opponent points right now. You just mm-hmm. walk into a stadium where the Jets are playing, you're going to put up 40. Uh, and so I am very bullish on Tua this week. Yes, the Jets are are, are truly terrible. Um, Mac Jones. Mac Jones, who is uh, apparently the NFL MVP after last week's performance against Cleveland. <laughs> I kid. Uh, but, uh, you know, they, they play Thursday night. The Patriots play Thursday night at Atlanta. New England is a seven-point favorite with an implied total of 27.5 points. Not bad. The process, the process. Uh, I, I, my, my one hesitation with like going in on Mac Jones here in a good matchup is that the Patriots clearly want to establish and they clearly want to like play conservatively. Um, they have the ninth lowest pass rate of the season at 55%. That drops all the way down to 48% when they're leading. So assuming they're going to be leading in this one against the Falcons, they might not throw a whole lot. Uh, but, uh, nevertheless, I think Jones is a streamer. Atlanta has the lowest sack rate in the league, and Mac Jones has been excellent when not facing pressure this year. Um, and Atlanta is the third best quarterback matchup per JJ's numbers that he put puts out. Uh, I, I, what, what, what are you, what are we calling this? Uh, your your matchup uh, adjusted fantasy points allowed. Ad- adjusted fantasy points allowed. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that same chart and adjusted fantasy points allowed, the team that's given up the most per game to the quarterback position is still Washington, despite you know Tom Brady scoring like 15 points instead of you know 22 or 23 against them this past week. Washington's still the top opponent, um, and that means that Cam Newton's in play. I know that it's a very risky play. That's why I would go Tua over Cam. I think both of them have a similar ceiling, um, yeah. but I think that that Cam's just obviously very risky because he hasn't started a game. Uh, in a very, very long time. But if you look at what happened last year, he averaged over 17 points per game. Uh, he had 12 rushing touchdowns. That was a big reason for it. He had eight top 12 performances last year. I mean, Cam, Cam was not bad as a fantasy asset last year. I know that a lot of that has to do with the, the rushing touchdowns, but that can happen against Washington. Um, and, and this this uh, Carolina offense has a better environment for Cam. So I, I, I think that you should be adding Cam, especially in like a super flex format if he's still out there. Okay. Um, you know, I think that cam could have some, some weekly usability, um, you know, if things start to click, but there is obvious risk there. So I'm going to play Tua over cam, but I do like cam. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, the rushing production cannot be overstated for sure. Um, I, Daniel Jones, I have another Jones. You gave me both Jones guys. I did. Uh, giants at Tampa Bay. The bucks are 11 point home favorites here. So we're, we're kind of. It's not exactly a great process play, but um, uh, nevertheless, I think Jones is in play. Uh, Tampa is now the third most extreme pass funnel defense of the season. Um, Daniel Jones has at least four rushing attempts in six of his eight full games this year, so he does have some of that Konami code to him. Um, and Tampa Bay is dealing with a lot of secondary injuries. Richard Sherman got hurt. Another guy whose name I can't remember got hurt last week against Washington. 72% of touchdowns against the bucks this year have come via the pass uh i you know i think it could be kind of a fun a fun game and uh you know the vita vea it will probably be out uh for you know for the uh for the bucks and i know that that primarily benefits saquon barkley but it doesn't it doesn't not benefit daniel jones if you know what i'm saying i mean you know being able to move the ball right on the ground is is can also be good for the quarterback I I kind of I kind of like Daniel Jones despite not being a great process play. Yeah, I mean I, I should have mentioned Chase Young's gonna be out for Washington too, so that's another that, thing to yes. you know to keep in mind with these quarterback matchups for sure. Let's move on to the uh, let's go let's go to defenses. Uh, I think that the top defensive streamer this week is Miami uh, against that Jets yeah. team that I had talked about. I think they're probably the best defense to play period this week. Uh, it's the second best matchup in adjusted points allowed. Miami's been playing really well defensively over the last couple of weeks. They have nine sacks and they have four interceptions uh, over the last two games against Tyrod Taylor. Sorry, Tyrod Taylor and Lamar Jackson. Uh, the, the one thing I will say, FanDuel Sportsbook has Miami as just three-point favorites in this game with a, with a 45-point over-under. Yeah. 
Yeah. It feels like it should be closer to like five or six. I know they're, they're on the road, but the way Miami has been playing, I'm just yeah. surprised that the number is as low as it was. Um, and so that scares me a little bit. Uh, but I do think that Miami is a very strong play because it's a very aggressive defense that generates fantasy points. You know, they were really good fantasy defense yeah. last year. I think it's starting to click a little bit for them this year. Now you definitely want to add them. Their performance against Baltimore was probably the most impressive defensive performance yeah. of the season. I yeah, mean, it was really good. Yeah. They just smothered Lamar Jackson and, and that offense. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, while we are streaming Cam Newton, we are also possibly streaming the Washington defense against Carolina. And I actually think it, you, you can actually paint a story where this makes sense. And if you can't do it, I'll, I'll do it for you. You know, Cam Newton, if, if he has a big game, it'll probably be with rushing yardage and, and touchdowns, right? So he can get that and also be kind of bad in the passing game. Like he has been in recent seasons. Um, you know, it was just two years ago where he only completed 56% of his passes. Well, of course, he only played in three games, but still not great. Last year, he completed 65%, but his yards per attempt were way down and uh, just generally was not was not great throwing the ball. So I think I think there's a case to be made where if you're desperate, you can you can try to throw Washington in there. Yeah, I think that they're fine. Uh, I, I think that the Chargers work as well. Last week, whenever uh, it was announced that uh, Mason Rudolph might start this week for for Pittsburgh, and I I should have checked before we started recording, but did they announce that Mason Rudolph is starting this weekend? Well, uh, Roethlisberger still has a, uh, an outside chance to play per Tomlin. Okay, so let's say it's like a seventy five percent chance that Mason Rudolph starts. Yeah, right? yeah, that's not uh, great. So I sent a tweet about this. I was like, go pick up the Chargers because next week, you know, they're uh, they're playing Pittsburgh and you would get Mason Rudolph and people were like, well, the chargers, you can run on them. And so like why, you know, the Steelers have yeah. Najee Harris. They can, the Steelers rush offense still is not good. Don't confuse a yeah. good running back with a good rush offense. There's a big, big difference between those two things. You know, the chargers, yes, they're terrible on the run against the run. And that's not good either because you're not going to necessarily see as many dropbacks against them. So if you look at uh, uh, defenses and how, uh, in the pass-to-rush ratio they've faced this year, two defenses have seen more rush rush attempts than pass attempts this season. One of them's Detroit, which is not surprising because teams are always leading against them, so they're running the football. The other one's the Chargers. Teams are actually just gashing them on the ground. And so mm -hmm. th that's why I don't think that they have as high of a ceiling this week as they might on paper, but I still think they're fine enough. You know, the Chargers, they're five-and-a-half-point home favorites, could face Mason Rudolph. I think that's a very clear process play, but there is some fear that there wouldn't be as many pass attempts in this game to to really you know generate those fantasy points. You really need the Chargers to go out ahead early so that the the Steelers are forced to throw a little bit more than they would probably like. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick being out could be a factor yeah, in yeah, in that sure. game script. Uh, also, um, <laughs> I was going to say, oh, you know who else you can run on uh, is Detroit, and they didn't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Like, as I'm watching that game and everyone's like, oh, they can, you know, the Chargers defense is blah, 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 blah. It's like the Steelers offense didn't do anything against Detroit. Like, what what do you expect them to do against the Chargers with Mason? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. I have the Niners. The Niners are at Jacksonville. Uh, 49ers are six and a half point favorites. Jaguars are allowing the third most fantasy points to defenses. I, you know, don't don't overthink it if the Niners are out there. Uh, I think pick them up. I I think the Dolphins are probably, you know, based on recent play, probably a better option, but just barely over the Niners. Yeah, I like the Niners too. Uh, and then let's go to tight ends. Uh, Dan Arnold, guys, he's still out there in like 70%, oh. over 70% of Yahoo leagues. Just stop. We, we've talked about him the last like 18 weeks. Uh, but Dan Arnold now has the most targets on Jacksonville since DJ Chark's season-ending injury. That's a 20.4% target share per game. He has 10-plus PPR points in four of his last five. I don't care about the opponent. Dan Arnold's being fed in this offense, and that's yeah. what we care about. We care about volume. So add Dan Arnold. He's a tight end one from here on out. Dan Arnold, I know I know it's been a joke, especially with me this season, but he has elite tight end usage right now. Yeah, he so. does. He's getting like almost as many. Uh, he, he almost has, has as big of a target share as like Darren Waller right now. I, I would start him pretty easily over TJ Hawkinson, just for example. Yeah, I think it's I think it's at least I mean, I 
The way that I would phrase it is Arnold definitely has a safer floor than TJ Hawkinson, but TJ Hawkinson yeah. obviously has that like blow up ability. Sure. Not physically. I'll go with that. Hopefully he doesn't, you know, spontaneously combust, but no, yes, we, we can, we can pray on that. Uh, sorry to get religious. Uh, Adam Troutman, uh, saints at the Eagles, the Eagles, as they are the best tight end matchup this year, uh, per JJ's adjusted, adjusted, adjusted. Um, <laughs> I can't remember. Adjusted fantasy points allowed. Yeah, there you go. Uh, tight ends, tight ends are averaging nine targets per game against the Eagles. Uh, they gave up a league high 27% target share to tight ends. Just insanity. Just a crazy high number. Um, Troutman's pass routes have spiked. I think we mentioned this a couple weeks ago. Troutman's pass routes have spiked over the past three weeks. Three weeks. He has at least five targets in each of those games. You know, I think a, a, a seven to nine target ish game here is not out of the question uh, for Troutman. I think he's a very interesting play. Yeah, getting more and more run. And this is what I said in my podcast about him is that he's getting more run. He's run like a, a route on 69% of the team's dropbacks over the last three nice. weeks. Pretty nice. And it was 62% uh, before that time. And, and the, you know, sometimes with players, it just, they get better, right? Like Adam Trotman's a second year guy. Like he can just develop and get better. And that's why he's seeing more work. Yeah. Also, they were using him as a blocker for the first four weeks right. of the season. Yeah, um, just utilizing him differently. And so can I tell you, I was listening to your podcast while I was shaving today. And yes, I, I shaved. Sorry. Uh, and when you said uh, Troutman has, what did you say? Troutman has played 69% of snaps or something? Yeah, you, and then I said, the yeah, the, and, the route participation. And, and, yeah. Right. When, when you said that, I immediately, I looked at my phone and I go, you better not let that slide. And you said, which is pretty nice. I said, okay, thank you. <laughs> I kept shaving. <laughs> I, I try to uh, not like at this point, people, enough people get mad at that, that I, I try not to go overboard with it. Oh yeah. 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 I, I, I agree. Especially, you know, I mean, your, your front facing podcast, like your thing, you don't want to be like nice, cool. 69. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, right. guys, do you get it? You know, you don't want to do that. But I, I think you, you handled it in a very subtle, uh, you. you know, well-mannered way. Thank you. Uh, let's go to Gerald Everett, Denny. Gerald Everett, he had a big game last week. Uh, this week, uh, he gets Arizona. Not the best matchup in the world, but you're getting exposure to a game with a decent over-under. Has some possibility to shoot out if Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray are both healthy and playing. Um, he ran just about as many routes as Tyler Lockett this past week, more than DK Metcalf, which... Might have to do with Metcalf getting uh, ejected from that game. I'm not totally sure if like I didn't really look into it that in that much detail because all I wanted to know is is yeah. Gerald Everett running enough routes, um, which he is. He saw a season high 21% target share last week. Now that was against Green Bay, a team that funnels a little bit more volume towards the tight end position. But I think from a projection standpoint, you could see Gerald Everett at like a 15% target share this week, and that's good enough to be a, a reasonable enough streamer. Sure. Yeah, he's running way more routes than Will Disley, uh, so yeah. that's that's important. Uh, Evan Ingram uh, against the Bucks, of course. Bucks are allowing the fourth most tight end receptions this season. That's just you know basically the the number of passes they're facing. Some of them have to go to the tight end. Uh, they're not particularly bad against tight ends, and uh, their coverage is not bad against tight ends. But Ingram has run a route on seventy seven point seven percent of the Giants dropbacks over the past four games, which is an increase over his previous usage. He has at least four targets in three of those games. I, you know, I'm trying. I'm trying here with Evan Ingram to make a case. It's hard. And I don't I still don't like him. And I would happily use Adam Troutman over him. Here, here's I, the last guy I want to talk about is someone who I would probably put as number two on this list. And that's that's Conk Daddy, Tyler Conk. <laughs> Yes. Conk Daddy has double-digit points in three of his last four, an 18% target share per game during this time. Green Bay is seventh in adjusted points allowed to tight ends. They're eighth in adjusted target share allowed to tight ends. And this is another game that, hypothetically, if things, you know, I mean, Green Bay's defense is playing better, but if things click, I mean, it could be a higher-scoring game. I think it has a 49-point over-under right now. So I would go Dan Arnold first for sure, but then I'd put Conk Daddy second, I think. Don't Google Conk Daddy at work. Yeah, is what, is, what, is what I would suggest. Would you agree though? He's number two. He might be number one. You like him more than Arnold, your boy? I guess not. I don't know. It's close. <laughs> it's close. Just, no, it is. It is. I think. I mean, for me, it's spot. like it's for me. It's like 
it's like Kelsey Arnold Conklin, you know. Right, right. You right. just tight end three, Tyler Conklin. To recap, we got the LA Chargers defense, the San Francisco defense, Washington defense, Miami defense, Gerald Everett, Adam Troutman, Evan Ingram, Tyler Conklin, Conk Daddy, uh, Dan Arnold, Cam Newton, Tua Tungavailoa, Mac Jones, and Daniel Jones, the Jones boys. Uh, they're brothers, right? The two of them? I believe so. We, we don't have to look into it, but I think so. The Jones boys. You know, it's like the, the neighbors call them that growing up. The, the Jones boys. <laughs> Did and, you and see unfor- what? I was gonna say one. I was I was gonna say one of them grew up to be an accurate quarterback, and the other one grew up to not be an accurate quarterback. What were were you gonna say? Yeah, I'm sorry. We stepped all over. This is a professional podcast. Uh, Mac Jones, did you see? Oh, did you see his uh, child modeling photos today? No, he was a child model. He was when he was when he was eight years old, and and those pictures were on Twitter today. it looked the thing is Mac Jones was a child in like 2013 or something, right? Yeah, so it's like it's like it's like a digital photo and it's like really like I, no. I was actually having that thought today too, is that like our kids are gonna be able to watch home videos of us when we were little and it's not gonna be this like grainy black and white thing. Yeah, that's true. That yes. But but what I was gonna say, but the Mac Jones uh child photos were they look they were from like 2012, but uh, they look like they were from 1985. Yeah. Is this, is this the one? Okay. So I just pulled it up. It's, it's Mac Jones. Uh, it doesn't look anything like him either. It doesn't. It doesn't. Like I, this is not Mac Jones. Like, like usually you can tell if like a kid is the, is the adult, you know, like how they, how they grew up. This, this looks nothing like Mac Jones. Nothing. No, but, but why did, why does he look like he's from the eighties? He, he, <laughs> this does look like, yeah, this does look like he's from the eighties. Yes. He's in, in one picture. He's got a, a suit on, but the jacket's off and he's got it over his shoulder. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, like, th- by the way, this like, like eight year old modeling as an adult, like he's going to work. What is this? It's weird. It's, it's not, it's not good. I don't think. I don't get it. And then the other one is him. It's at least a little bit more acceptable. Like he's at a country club playing tennis where he's got a sweater on and like a, I mean, he's wearing, like, but here's the other thing who wears a a button up in a sweater to play tennis. Like you're sweating through that thing ASAP. Well, I I think you're, I think if you uh, belong to Wimbledon, you know, that, then, then that, you know, and you're, and you know, you're going out there, you're playing in, in this ridiculous attire, but that's, that's all I can think of. Yeah. Right. Right. There's just no reason for anyone to wear a sweater playing tennis. And, and I live in a neighborhood that has tennis courts and stuff that, 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 and they're not, they're not wearing sweaters. Get out of here with that. No, no, of course not. No, because they, they're, they're weekend warriors. They're, they're wearing a, a $400 uh, Under Armour, right, uh, yeah. those tights, whatever they wear. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're wearing a thousand dollars worth of Under Armour gear. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, you can always tell. I, at least in golf, I don't know about tennis. I, I play some tennis, but not a lot. In golf, if someone comes to the course wearing the latest and greatest like equipment, I mean, like like shirts and pants and all this uh, 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 cleats and stuff, you know, they suck. Yeah, I, I'm not that guy because I'm good at golf. No, but I'm I'm not that guy. I I uh my my golf shirts are like from Target. You're right. Yeah, no, no, I I have no reason to to actually spend money on on golf stuff, but but it, uh, back when I used to play all the time, we we could spot a faker from a mile away. It would be yeah. some some 20-year-old kid rolling up with like a seriously like a $200 Tiger Woods shirt on. Yeah. And we were like, "Oh, okay, you you're terrible. We get it." Okay. Yeah, right. Uh, let's go to the Twitter questions. This first one's from at Cucklord Carter. Uh, how many shots of Arby's vodka should I take before I stream Cam Newton this week? Like, I don't think he's that bad of a streamer, but we, we haven't talked about the Arby's vodka on yeah. the show. My yeah. goodness. What are, what is going on there? What, what is the I, flavor? Is it a curly fry flavor? Is it, is it flavored? I think. Ew, man, that's nasty. God. I, I think it's flavored. I'm going to Google it right now. So, uh, yeah, people want me to like the meat mountain. They want me to sit in a, in a car in a parking lot in Arby's parking lot and drink vodka <laughs> by myself. And I said, no. Arby's is releasing two limited edition alcoholic drinks. Arby's curly fry vodka and Arby's crinkle fry vodka. That's so this is the most nihilistic thing I've ever heard in my <laughs> ever. life. Like ever. This isn't even hyperbole. It's just I, literally. I mean, I mean the, you know, 
the the commercials the um we have the meats that yeah. commercial that's one of the more nihilistic ads ever created and it and it spawned the nihilist arby's account right you know but but this is a this is next level this is like simulation stuff right at this point it is it is it does feel like i'm in an episode of black mirror with with yeah. this with this vodka yeah right you couldn't you couldn't make it up i mean I, I thought that we were in Black Mirror when when it when Trump vodka was being discussed, but no, yeah. now we have Arby's vodka. Arby's vodka that tastes like fries. I mean, maybe it, maybe it's just a branding idea, and they like it's just like salted a little bit or something. Oh, but imagine imagine taking up. a shot of of just like a curly fry flavor. Yeah, I, I just it seems like a bad idea. Saying saying curly fry flavor is also very sometimes very difficult <laughs> and makes you second guess uh, what you're saying. Uh, Next question at ice cold fire one for the life of me. I can't spell restaurant, but suggestions slash spell correct makes uh, me appear less dumb. What words are the bane of your spelling existence? Really? You, you have trouble with restaurant. Yeah. Restaurants one, because you don't know people. Well, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily do, but I, I people uh, always put the a sometimes put the a U at, at the second part. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, that makes sense. I, I so for player names, just we'll just go to player names. I cannot spell Garoppolo. I'm sorry. He's been Garoppolo's, the starting quarterback. It's impossible. It's impossible. He's been, it's been, he's been the starting quarterback for the, the Niners for 25 years. And I still have no idea. Yeah. Um, Gasecki, no idea. Gasecki, I, 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 that one doesn't do it. I mean, to a tongue of Iloa, I still have no idea how to spell. No, 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 name. no, no clue. No clue. If, if no my idea. life depended on it, then I might as well just do it myself because yeah. <laughs> just I, there's. I don't know if there's any. I don't know if there's any specific words that really get me. What does get me sometimes is knowing which word is spelled uh, like the English way, like the American way, or like the the British way. Like sometimes what, what, there's words. I don't, like, like sometimes labor? they have like different. They have like different rules or like what's accepted. Like what's generally accepted is fine, but there's a there's an American way to do it. Is I can't think of any were... words off the top of my head though. Is this because you were born and raised in London? What, no, what I don't know. I'll give you examples. I'm sure someone can give us examples on Twitter, Denny. <laughs> I mean, I, I I know some, but it's just like like labor, L A B O U R. No, no, no. I'm not talking about the O U. No, 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 not like flavor or labor. Nothing like okay. that. There's there's other words that have like like uh sometimes they're spelled with like like when you have a gerund or something. Okay. And, oh, okay. and there's like a double consonant or something like that in some of those mm-hmm. words versus just having one. I got you. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Did I use Jaron correctly there? You're you're the you're the journalism guy. Is that is that uh, proper it, proper it sounded phrasing? Cor- sound, sounded correct to me. Okay. I mean, it seems right, right? Uh, I'm an editor. I'm an editor in chief. Uh, next question at Golden Graham forty one. JJ, as someone who has a successful solo podcast, how does it, how does it feel knowing Denny needs twenty five co hosts at NBC Edge? first of all it's nbc sports edge and secondly secondly yes there are a lot of a lot of people on uh a good football show where there are it's they're all good minds um and uh and i i think we i think we mesh well yeah i i see no problem with that kind of format whenever you know the the hosts and there's a rotation of them that means you're getting different takes instead on my show you're just getting me you know, uh, I, I I always have a kind of an inkling to want to take a, a, a contrarian stance just to get like like an argument started on the shows. But pretty much everything everybody says, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, actually, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> like yeah. process wise, I, I agree. So we'll go with it. Here's what I found, too, because a lot of people were like, oh, I want I want you to argue on one of these shows. Because I mean, how when have you ever gone on a show and like truly, truly like disagreed with someone to the point where you like argued with them. Yeah. No, not often. Not ever. Right. It doesn't happen. You want to know why? Because when we're on Twitter and when we're doing something solo, you know, I don't really do it on my show very much, but when we're on Twitter and we have a take, or if we're asked a question from someone, we're supposed to have a take. And when we have those takes, we sort of inch it towards more of the extreme because we want to be more bold with, with that take. But when we're having a conversation with someone everyone sort of recognizes probability a little bit better. They yeah. recognize that that middle ground and the fact that like, you know, like, like we could sit here right now and let's pretend that like, I think that Ramondre Stevenson is going to be nothing when Damian Harris comes back. But you think that Ramondre Stevenson is going to be 
something decent, right? In, in fantasy. Well, at the end of the day, we both recognize that both outcomes are possible, right? And so when we talk about this and we meet in the middle a little bit more and there's less arguing, I think, well, that, it, I think that's what it comes down to. It's a microcosm of like why society is coming apart at the seams, right? Is is because the only way we ever communicate is is on the internet and on the internet, you know, a, a subtlety and, 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 you know, gray areas don't exist. It's true. Uh, you know, the, 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 these, these platforms are made to, to negate those and to discourage uh, that, that sort of take, and I'm guilty of it too. Like yeah. you get, you get more attention if you, if you approach things from a black and white standpoint, but when you're actually talking to someone, you're not going to be that brave. You're likely yeah. not. Most people are not going to be that brave. Like, like if I, if I, meet a, a twitter troll face to face you know if they don't stab me first we're probably going to have a more a more relaxed conversation than we would online when we end up uh blocking each other at the end of it yeah 100 percent. i mean even I, I don't even tweet that many takes anymore on twitter itself uh you know maybe that's to my detriment but uh i don't it's probably for, it's for the best for my mental health for sure oh um, yeah but, you know, I don't tweet many takes on Twitter anymore because of that reason, because people, instead of just saying like, oh, there's there's more nuance to this, but there's only, you know, so many characters and you have to get something out there about this. People take it and they run with it. I mean, they yeah. will they'll, they'll say, well, well, don't you know, like whenever I said that the Chargers are a reasonable streamer, if Mason Rudolph plays next week and then people were like, don't you know, they can't stop the run or do you really think they're going to be the top? No, I didn't say any of that. Like, yeah, yeah. relax. They're still a decent streamer, even though they can't stop the run, you know, right. like, like there's just no, there's no, there's not enough nuance there. There's not enough like thought about what the intentions were of the person who, uh, is making that take in the first place. I mean, sometimes people are making takes that are very obviously to get a rouse out of people. Um, but, you know, I, I think that at the end of the day, you know, I, I, I would agree with you that human to human interaction and conversation yeah. is going to lead to more middle of the road thinking. Well, attention is currency online. You know, I yeah. mean, it, it literally is an attention economy. And so the more attention you can gobble up, the better, usually the better for you, the, the more you can turn that into a, a benefit for you, whether it's financially or, or otherwise. So th there's a huge incentive to, to get that. attention, And I'm, and I'm a hundred percent guilty of, yeah. of, you know, of pulling in as much attention as possible. I don't even, I'm not even conscious of it, which is probably so much worse than, <laughs> than being yeah. conscious of it. Yeah. Next question is from at zip code as noted industry thought leaders and people eager to sell out to whatever food producer wants to purchase your, your take loyalty this week. Have you ever bought anything from a podcast ad? Uh, I, I don't listen to podcasts usually. Yeah. I don't listen to enough podcasts either, but I will say there are, so I, I scroll through TikTok. Okay. Like that's another thing. Like you guys say that I'm in my forties. I scroll through TikTok. Get out of here. I'm not in my forties. Okay. So I'll scroll through TikTok and watch videos and it's nice because it's curated at this point to like not stupid stuff on my TikTok. Uh, and they have ads that pop up and there are ads on there that are more, they're, they're more like toy driven. Uh -huh. Like there's like little fun toys that I've never ever succumbed to advertising in this fashion in my life, but on TikTok for some reason I have. So yes, on on TikTok I do. On podcasts now, right? Yeah, I mean, but and but you want to be taken seriously. So, next question, at Jake Mason zero zero. I recently bought a new car with a backup camera. However, the boomer in me refuses to use it, and I still turn my head around when yeah. I back up. No, do I need no. to get with the times? No, never use the backup camera. I, I've never what? used it. I've never used it. I never will. I never will. I, in fact, I if it were up to me, if it were my car alone, because Melissa drives my car too, I would I would take duct tape and put it over the camera. I, I I don't need it. I you know I learned how to drive a certain way. I'm gonna I'm gonna be driving like that until I'm a hundred years old. You know what's so funny is when I saw this question, I actually I was gonna make the declarative statement on this show that. If someone doesn't use their backup camera, that's actually the line that you draw of being a boomer or not. Uh, I'm a boomer at heart. That's man. that's the boomer line. Is is I, and I, I've been trying to find like the thing that you could really categorize someone yeah. as a boomer or not. And I think the backup camera is that. Like I, I would guess that like 25% of parents use the backup camera. Like like parents our age, right? Uh-huh. Sure. 
And I would say that people our age, uh, remember I'm in my mid forties, people, people <laughs> our age, uh, probably use backup cameras 95% of the time. Yeah, I could, I could see that. I just, I, I, you know, instinctively when I back up, I, I look over my shoulder and I don't look at the camera. Can't trust the camera. You don't know what it, you know, you don't, you don't know if that's on a loop. You don't know if someone has, has hacked it, you know, and, and, and is trying to trick you. You can't trust it. You trust your own eyes. Here's the other thing. So, so when you back up, you're, you're, you're turning your head completely and not using your side mirrors. Oh, oh, well, you know, I, I also glance at the side mirrors. Yeah. Okay. So, but you're, but you are moving. Cause when I back up, if I don't, if I didn't have back in the day when I didn't have a backup camera, actually, you know what? I don't have a backup camera on my car. I don't oh. have a camera. I have a, I have a sensor. I have no actual okay. camera though. Right. I, I don't look back at all though. I look only at my mirrors whenever I do that. I mean, so, sometimes I'll be in the parking lot at the grocery store and I'll just gun it back just, just to, just to feel alive. You know, I mean, you know, just, I don't even look, I'm kidding. Of course. I think that's the, the boomer line. Anyway, next question at FB injury doc, our friend Edwin Polaros, when drying off with a towel, do nether regions come first or after the face? And in what order? <laughs> nether region one versus nether region two. Oh that's just funny. By the way, I'm glad you can roll an R because I would just butcher Edwin's last. I name. can't. I can't. I don't know how to do the drum roll with my tongue. Well, but you just did it. Well, I can sort of do it whenever it's just like a very quick one, like Edwin Poros. Like that's fine. Edwin I can Poros. do that, but I can't. I can't actually roll my tongue. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't either. And our wives haven't left, so you know. Which uh, is. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about let's talk about dicks. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> sorry for the kids. <laughs> drying off. Which uh which where, where do you go first? <laughs> this is such a Because I go right. I go I go head first. Yeah, I mean you got to you got to stop the faucet, you know, which is which is your head, which is your hair, the water pouring down from up top. Right. So you do so, you do yeah. head you do head first. And yeah. then, you know, I do body, you know, upper body. And then yeah. eventually I'm getting to my, I'm getting to my, I, I, then I do legs. I do, I go, I go ankle to, to top thigh. Oh, you know, you know what I do? I'm just, I just, I'm going through it in, in my head. Okay. So I do my, my hair, I, my face and, and I go, yeah, I go right to the nether world from there. So, so you do hair, face, and then the rest of your body is soaked other than the top of you know, your head. Yeah. Right. And from there, you immediately go to the nethers, I, to, yes. to, 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 the, to the Netherlands. That's the process for me. Wow. See, I go, I go all, I, I go through my legs. Got to get the <laughs> legs all dry. I got to get my, my, my chest and back all dry. Everything's dry. And then I go to the front nethers and then, you know, he's talking about nether region one versus nether region two. I've never really refer, heard anyone refer to their ass as a nether region or unless you have two, unless you have two of those things down there. Yeah. Uh, but I will, I'll, I'll say I go front and then back. Yeah. The back, the, 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 the badonkadonk is the last thing to dry. Oh in my yeah. Opinion. Yeah. The right. My back and my butt are the last thing that I'll dry. Yeah. 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 This sounds like a, a rap lyric. Right, and also I. Uh, by the way, I'm very thorough with drying my armpits. Are you? I mean, like, um, like... yeah, because you have to be. Because I immediately put deodorant on after yes. I after I shower, and and yes. there is nothing worse than wet oh. armpits with deodorant. Oh, it's it's horrifying. Like, like <laughs> it is uh, it is one of the worst feelings on earth. Yeah, it's it's slimy. It's disgusting. Yeah, no. So I'm I'm like, I'm like you know, uh, uh, drying my armpits longer than I do any other part of my my body, including my hair. Yeah, and then you got it. Like sometimes, whenever you forgot to dry them, and you had the the uh, wet armpits, putting the deodorant on, uh, and then you have to and then you have to wipe it off a little bit. Then you get like a burn kind of going on there, <laughs> and like it's just it's rough times if you don't dry your armpits. Yeah, it is. Th I, thanks I totally, for that, Edwin. Thank you. Totally agree. Yeah, that was a good question, Edwin. Next one at Greg Baines. Can you explain how things work in the Eastern Time Zone? I've been doing the math in my head, and the numbers don't add up. How do you watch sports and still get eight hours of sleep? How are athletes still playing games at 11 p.m.? I get mad when the primetime games go past 9.30 p.m. here. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, that, that's, but you know what? That's your West Coast privilege, and I hope you recognize that. <laughs> right, right. You know, and, exactly. and uh, 
it's 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 uh, unequitable and unfair. Uh, and like I said, a civil rights issue of our time. I, I, um, I, I will say that I I've often wondered, like for for games that end at midnight on the East Coast. Right. So say a game takes place on the East Coast, ends at midnight. Players, you know, go get showered. They do their press conference. They do all this. They get home at what? Two, two at thirty. At the earliest, you would think. Yeah, I mean, right? yeah, and and I know I I've I've seen how like I'm pretty sure away teams just go back home immediately, like fly home. Yeah, immediately. Right. Yeah. So what? They they're not getting any sleep. Yeah, I know. It's very strange to me. Yeah. Um. Or or how about uh, just this is a different topic, but Russell Wilson rehabbing for 19 hours a day during yeah. during his time off. I believe that. Oh, I do too. There, there's nothing. I, as I get older, few things annoy me more than when people brag about their lack of sleep. Me too. Me too. It's just so. It's, it turns me off. Like I don't. It's not healthy. There. No. More and more studies have come out that says that your anxiety's better, your body's just naturally better, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, when you're able to get seven to eight hours of sleep, and they Every- came out with a study this past like week or something that said like the 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 sweet spot for when you should go to sleep for most people is ten to eleven p.m. Really. Yeah, which makes sense, though, because 10 to 11 p.m. And then you get seven or eight hours and you're waking up in the morning, you know, the morning that most people wake up. I didn't read the article. I just sort of headline wrote it. But at the same time, and so I'm just spreading misinformation right now. Uh, (laughs) But but like I I just I don't understand this like this like toughness of getting little sleep. I, I don't get it at all. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I think it's seen more not as a health issue, but as a work ethic issue. It where, is, yeah, for sure. You know, yeah. it's saying sleep is sleep is laziness because you're not doing anything. You're not being productive. You're not getting things done when you're sleeping. So when Russell Wilson says, I'm rehabbing 19 hours a day, that what he's saying is I'm I'm trying harder than anybody else would be trying because sleep is not a necessity. You know, sleep is right. a luxury. When in fact, you know. According to the medical people who work for NFL teams, sleep is critical to performance, you yeah. know? So, so maybe Russell Wilson wouldn't have sucked in his return <laughs> if he had gotten, I don't know, six or seven hours of sleep during the past month. Yeah. You know that there was, I think JJ Watt sleeps like 11 hours a night or something. Yeah. And takes a nap and takes yeah. a nap. How strong is that? Yeah, I mean, like he gets it. That's why, like, he's just he understands how how his body functions. Uh, Chip Kelly used to make his players in, in the Eagles go take naps. In, yeah, in the, they had rooms set aside. He said, "Go take a nap." And Deshaun Jackson used to be like, "All right." Yeah, I mean, it. it, it seriously, I just I I don't understand. What what time do you usually go to bed at night? I, I go to bed at night between eleven and eleven thirty when it's not a prime time game. Uh, yeah, uh, I I'm usually asleep by eleven thirty or twelve. Yeah. And so from there, then, you know, Avery usually wakes up at like 630 or something. So I'm trying to get seven hours, right? Whenever I'm seven to eight hours is what I try to get every night. And it's almost like I'm, it's like frowned upon. It's just, it's just wild to me. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not good. It's really unhealthy. Next question at Michael Scullin one. Why won't fantasy Twitter accept that Matthew Stafford is bad? Oh, he's not bad. Come on. I, I, I really, I honestly despise the narrative that Matthew Stafford is bad. It, like, just watch the guy play. And I, so, I hate that I'm saying that. But he's like, so good. He's, he's good. So good. Like, just really stop, understand. guys. He's a good quarterback. You would, Matt. You would take Matthew Stafford over at least half the league at in least. terms of starters, right? At least, I'd, he's probably like a top twelve quarterback. Top, maybe even fringe top ten. Wait, I, I think he's definitely top ten. I think that's fine to say that. If you want to say that, that's fine. Especially from like a, a natural talent standpoint, he's like top five. I, yes, yes. I think from talent standpoint, yeah, you're you're talking elite, elite. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not saying this just because Russell Wilson was horrific last week. I take him over Russell Wilson. Wow, there's a take. There's right. a take. There yeah, there we go. Strong. Uh, next question at Zachary L. Kennedy: Is Disney the happiest place or the on earth or the worst? What's your, what's your, what's your, what's your Disney take? Oh, there's the only two options. Well, uh, I went once when I was 11. So this was 1994 ish, uh, had an amazing time. Loved every minute of it. Um, can't imagine ever going back. I don't want to, I have no idea. Really? Why don't you want to? Seems like a nightmare. Seems like a nightmare to, to navigate, uh, the, 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 the costs, uh, 
no, I just, I just, I'm, I'm sure I will because my kids want to go, but it sounds horrible. I've been to Disney. I went there quite a bit growing up. We would like go to uh, Florida every year for a vacation. And then we would drive to Orlando for like a day and then drive back. We wouldn't really always, we would usually just go to magic kingdom for a day. I'll tell you what. I love Disney. I think Disney's great. I think it's magical. So I think it's one of the happiest places on earth. And I really did. I I, I had a, uh, there was a tweet about like Christmas music one day. And I, you guys, I love Christmas music. You I do. have my Christmas playlist and uh, I tweet that out every year, but I love Christmas music. And I think a lot of it really, like if you don't like Christmas music, I genuinely think that a lot of it might have to do with, did you have like good, happy times around that time of year? Yes, definitely. Yeah. I think that, that that's probably the driver with whether or not you really like Christmas music or not. You know, was your family together? Did you, were your parents divorced or anything like that? I was very fortunate that like we were always together and it was a fun time and like a joyous time. And then, you know, cause like Christmas music is just driven completely by nostalgia, oh, right? Yeah. Like period. Yeah. It's not like it's good music. It's just all nostalgic. Right. And so, you know, it really, it made me see that a little bit differently. So if you don't like Christmas music, I get it. I understand. Yeah, you don't have to. It's not a requirement yet, yet. But we'll see. We'll see about the next president. We and don't the know. same thing with Disney, though. Like, the Disney thing is always, like, a family-oriented thing, right? And so, like, if you didn't have that unit growing up and, you know, maybe you went once with your family, but you don't want to remember that, maybe you hate Disney. <laughs> and it's understandable, then. Uh, if, if they had a display of Walt Disney's uh, frozen head, I might be more willing to go. <laughs> yeah. Next question at number one punna drive through question. The line is long and they have a person taking the order, but from the passenger side, do you as the driver tell them the order, which is usually normal, but leaning over the passenger or does the passenger do it? Passenger does it. Yeah. The passenger's got to do it. I, I'm even, I'm even pro uh, someone in the car ordering their food <laughs> because you don't want to repeat what their order is. Cause it's too complicated. Yes. Yes. And, but when you have kids that, that that's a no go and it's so annoying to be like, yeah, yeah, you can't. Yeah, of course. You know, to be like, wait, you want to just catch up? No. And then you they wanna, change their mind. Yeah. You want to wait, you no lettuce. Yes. Lettuce. No lettuce. Okay. Okay. You know, we're going to, yeah. Oh God. It's uh, ordering a drive through with the kids is a nightmare. Next question at I Dighton do it. Have you ever had tofurkey? My, my vegan cousin brought one to Thanksgiving festivities and it actually wasn't terrible. It's, uh, it's terrible. I've had it before. It's terrible. Yeah. I, I love the United States of America. So no, I have not had tofurkey. That's right. That's right. Next question at Michigana. He says, I was thinking about how James Robinson is the best player in the NFL. And yet I've never heard him speak. Oh, who is, who is the most unrecognizable superstar in sports? PS not allowed to say any hockey player. I don't know. I don't know what anything about hockey. Uh, there's there is an answer to this i think yeah and it, it and it's not in football though so oh. i think that our brains were going to football but i think mike trout has to be the answer to this oh yes yes he's like the greatest baseball player of all time and no one's heard an interview of mike trout before i've never seen him on a commercial i've never seen an interview uh the only only people i've ever heard talk about mike trout are fantasy baseball nerds right <laughs> the people on our timelines that that somehow flip that switch once the football season ends. That's it. That's that's the only people, yeah. But who in the NFL? The the other person I thought about in the NFL was Justin Herbert. Because like uh, like how often would you have such a young up and coming quarterback who's played so well not be and it, it's a lot of it is cuz his personality, he's very like reserved and 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 calm and you know doesn't get yeah. too high, doesn't get too low. But I mean, he's he's certainly not a face of the NFL right now. Even though no. he could e very easily, like if, if, if a more extroverted quarterback had been doing exactly what he's doing, he would be everywhere, right? Like, like I'm not saying he's done doing like what Patrick Mahomes did, but Patrick Mahomes is, is out there he's a good everywhere, bit, right? But like, we, you don't see that with Justin Herbert. Uh, I've never heard Josh Allen speak. <laughs> Josh Allen's not super out there either. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I've never, I don't even know what, Josh Allen could walk in my office right now. I have no idea what he looks like. <laughs> I'd be like, oh my God, you're you're enormous. Who are you? Bill's Twitter is going to lose their mind if they I, ever I, heard who's, who's ever seen, Josh Allen's not even a household name. My dad doesn't know who Josh <laughs> Allen is. He calls him the big white boy from Buffalo. Did you see that Josh Allen right now in a lot of markets is the number, has the best odds to win MVP? Why? Isn't that insane? 
He's been he's been bad. Who's your who's your MVP right now? Oh God, Brady. Probably Brady, right? It has to be. Uh, although you know who I think should win, like who I think is gonna win, uh, is Dak. Oh, because the comeback thing. I th- I think there's just gonna be. I think Dallas is good and they're gonna roll and Michael Gallup's back and he's gonna put up numbers and Dak is gonna win MVP. Are we Plus sure? Brady Brady's Brady's numbers have got gotten worse. Slash, I mean, part of that's because of injuries and stuff, but. Uh, like his PFF grade and stuff has dwindled and, uh, Dak, yeah. I just think Dak is in a good, I think Dak is a good bet right now. He's like plus 800 or something like that. Really? 900. Yeah. Yeah. I so like I, that. I think Dak would be the dude. Uh, next question at please underscore simulation. <laughs> if, if, if someone, <laughs> if someone is wearing band merch, should that insinuate they are a fan of the music? For example, a lot of Zoomers are wearing Grateful Dead merch oh, lately, oh. but I doubt they can name a song I'm tilting. God, it's uh, it's horrific to see a young person wearing Grateful Dead stuff. Stop. Stop. No one <laughs> under the age of, honestly, of 40 has ever listened to a Grateful Dead song. Stop it. This should be illegal for anyone th- that age to wear a Grateful Dead t-shirt. Here's the thing. Who wears something where they don't at least know like the backstory or like have like any like like even if you're wearing a random team T-shirt or something. Yes. Like, you at least know what it is. I have right? a Seattle. Yes. I have a Seattle Supersonics T-shirt. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I at least have some background about the Seattle Supersonics. Right. You should have at least some background. And look, I say that as someone who there was a store close to where my my sister used to live uh, and it was in the middle of North Carolina, like just this random, random store. And it had, it was like an outlet and it had like all the rejected school, like college t-shirts, like from like bookstores and stuff. Yeah. They were in this store. I have the most random schools t-shirts. Like I have a Valdosta state shirt. Wow. It actually says, actually says Val. I used to wear it in college getting drunk. It says Valdosta state dad. <laughs> and it, and I used to wear that around all the time getting drunk, but they they have I have all these random college T-shirts, but I at least like look up the colleges and I like see what's going on with them and stuff like that. If I wear them in public, but yeah. also there, there I was also I, I bought a Wichita State shirt there once, uh-huh. and uh, I was walking around in Cincinnati one day uh, when I was living there, and I was wearing that shirt, and someone walked up to me and he goes, "Hey, go Shockers!" <laughs> and I was like, I just looked at him, and I was like, uh, I like completely forgot that I was wearing the T-shirt. I was like, yeah, 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 let's go shockers. But yeah, well, we, listen, with with bands, you run you run a serious risk by by wearing a band yes. that you don't know because you could run into a super fan in a random spot and they'll say, uh, you know, I mean, like like take like like Bowie, like I have a hundred Bowie T-shirts, right? And so if I didn't know anything about Bowie except for like the basics. I could not hold a conversation with someone who was like, you know, hey, did you ever listen to the B side of this or that? Did you ever, what do you think of Black Star? Like, what yeah. would you, you know, and, or, you know, if you can't hold a conversation, you're going to look like the biggest poser of all time. Yeah, exactly. Cause like the, the other thing too is that if you're wearing a team or if you're wearing like a city or like a college or something on your shirt, at least you can be like, oh, I went there once. I don't remember much about it or something like, like, like it doesn't have to be, or I know the basketball team and I, watch them whatever but like music is a lot more personal right music is a lot more yes uh is a lot deeper than yes. that and that connection so like yeah i just i don't understand why people would do that you're familiar with the 80s band the pretenders yeah okay so they had a few radio hits i i, I like their stuff i really like this t-shirt that i saw online and i bought it as a pretenders uh tour t-shirt from 1983 i think Anyway, I, I was wearing it one day and this happened and someone came up to me and made an obscure reference to some to, to some pretender song that I didn't know. And I just looked at him blankly like, uh, yeah, sure. And, yeah. you know, he was like, you know, from the so and so album yeah, from the tour. And I was like, I- I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm not that big of a yeah. fan. I felt humiliated. I haven't worn that shirt since. Yeah. Bottom line, don't wear shirts unless you're pretty confident. And I'm currently wearing a blank shirt, so I'm I'm pretty good yeah, right now. There you go. All right. I think that's got to do it because we've we've gone on a pretty long time. Denny, why don't you let everyone yeah. know where they can find you? At CD Carter 13 on Twitter. And you can find all my hashtag content at NBCSportsEdge.com. I'm on Twitter at Late Round QB. Denny, let's, uh, you have a tilt montage, right? I do. It's all fired up, ready to go. 
All right, guys, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. It's uh, 4.20 p.m. in the only legitimate time zone, the Eastern time zone. Uh, And yes, I intentionally started this at 4.20 because it's nice and cool. And uh, so I have a lot of players in this Vikings-Chargers game, a lot. Pretty much I have everyone in that game. Um, I was unaware that the game had even begun because all of the players have zero points. And apparently through eight and a half minutes of the first quarter of that game, all of, no, nobody has accumulated a stat. Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Conklin, Dalvin Cook, Eckler, Allen, Williams, Herbert, Donald Parham, Jared Cook. Nobody has accumulated a statistic. There's been there have been no catches, there have been no runs for, for, for positive yardage, there have been no passes completed through eight eight and a half minutes. It is it's remarkable. I, I I'm not even mad. I'm not how can I be mad? It's amazing. It's amazing. We're on our way to the, 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 this game, coming into this game, the Chargers-Vikings game, the, the total had increased. Again, the total had increased by four points compared to where it was on Monday. We're on our way to a three-to-nothing victory for whoever can, can kick a field goal here. That, that's, where, that's where we're headed. That's clearly where this game's going now. Is it a three-nothing victory? On a Greg Joseph, or whatever the hell the Chargers kicker's name is, making a, a field goal with with twelve seconds to go in the game, and 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 that's it. That's I just have to accept it. So you know, stacking players on players on players, stacks on stacks on stacks on stacks on stacks with the Chargers and the Vikings. Well, it's not going to work out, is it? I am tilting. Six oh nine. PM Eastern Time and yes I I did that intentionally as well. My wife of course left me. Uh there have been some points in the Vikings Chargers game, but whatever, not enough. I'm dead in the water, as the Zoomers say in DFS. I wanna say for the record that uh quite embarrassingly I started Matt Ryan today over Patrick Q Mahomes the ninth. I don't know what to say about it. It's just a pure frustration move on my part. Uh, I guess that's, you know, if you want to get into the psychology of of benching Mahomes for Matt Ryan. I don't know. I don't know. Run funnel, Cowboys defense. I didn't think the Falcons would win or even compete, but I thought that Ryan would, I don't know, play four quarters is one thing that I thought he would do, and he did not. And he did not. So I am tilting. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football.